How are you guys? Everybody doing well? Let me just say real quick, and then I'm gonna, Anna's going to jump in. But I feel like the this is we're in, in a season with all this shaking going on, which if you haven't felt enough shaking, get ready. It's going to even get better. <laughs> the shaking is coming, and uh, and it's it's going to be good. Uh, because we're going to be grounded in him. Uh, when we're in that place of, I feel like that's that place of worship, when when we actually know where our grounding is, uh, the very thing that we hold on to, like that can't be shaken. And so though the world around us gets shaken, uh, when, when, when we're actually holding on to the right thing, you will realize that that shaking actually doesn't affect us. That's the very place we need to live in. So I feel like even tonight as we talk, we're going to talk about the presence of God, about uh, just this uh, this understanding of worship, this understanding of, of being in his presence. But uh, realize that like as we're teaching these things and as the Lord's just kind of stirring our hearts and putting things on our hearts, and we'll get into groups. And we, I think part of the, the Wednesday night, the something we're seeing, there's really power in this, is, is as we gather together in groups this is where we begin to interact. It begins to strengthen us in a greater way. It's, it's better than just kind of sitting and trying to receive is actually engaging our heart in a place of worship and, and, and prayer together. And so, so we'll, we'll, we'll do that for the last part. But um, just hear our hearts here on just what the Lord is, is stirring. And, and I hope it just blesses you, encourages you, strengthens you, and, and gives you a greater hope because we need Hope, and we need to know what to hold on to in this time of shaking. And and if you haven't heard, as we just we've been talking over the past weeks, um, it, not to be in any kind of fear, because uh, this is it's not like oh Lord, what are we going to do? Uh, I feel like the Lord is preparing us uh, for the things to come. And so, when these things begin to come, when things get worse than they are now, in a sense. Um, as there's some things that we just feel like the Lord is preparing us for some shakings that are about to happen in different areas and different realms, not to be fearful in those things, but there are, uh, there's a few things. There is a preparation that the Lord is calling us to. And the, one of the words, and Dale even just, he's like, well, when was it, Dale, that you got that, that, that one word? That was Sunday? That was Sunday? Yeah, so on Sunday, he's like, I just kept hearing one word. Prepare, prepare. <laughs> and I feel like that's like, that's the common word that we're all like, oh, this is the word that the Lord is saying, prepare. And, and this does not mean, let me just clarify, this does not mean to, to get your generators and your guns and your, and your food and your ammo and hunker down. Um, there may be, you may need to get food and things like that. And, but again, it's not I feel like this is not for us. This isn't about protecting our lives. Like, our lives don't need to be protected. There's, there's, no, there's no sting. Like, death has no sting. But there are those around us that need to know Jesus. And so when things begin to shake, this is our opportunity to be a light. When, every, when things are great, as I said, everybody's a light. <laughs> Everyone's, ah, everything's good. When things get difficult, that's when we shine. 
that it talks about it in Philippians. It's when we, we shine like stars in the universe and we hold out the word of life. In the daytime, do you see the stars? You don't see anything, right? It's like, I don't see a star in the sky. But at night, when things get dark, that's when the stars shine. So, Amen. Hello, family. How are you all? You guys are all spread out. That's okay. I guess we're supposed to do that. Something like that, right? <laughs> they told me, yeah, I got a memo or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just, thank you, Luna. Oh, my gosh, that was a beautiful song, that last song. Um, just the simplicity of that, Jesus. Yeah. And I just felt like the Lord was just, um, what I've been hearing, what's been on my heart is just this invitation uh, to say yes to sanctification. And we know from the word of God that our identity, Jesus, what he did on the cross, redeemed us, justified us, sanctified us, reconciled us, and perfected us, right? In one single sacrifice, perfect sacrifice, one offering. Just let that soak in. Because if we believe that in our heart, our behavior and what we do, what we say, will reflect that simple gospel truth of who we are in Christ Jesus because of Christ Jesus. And so sanctification is really, we were talking about it, it's this interesting paradigm that we've been sanctified because of the cross, because his blood was poured out, his body was broken for every single one of us. But also there is an invitation for sanctification now, every day. We get to choose to be continually sanctified. So um, when I talk about this with my children, it's like you get to choose. You are empowered by love to choose. And it's the same for us. Jesus did his part, right? It's finished. And then we get to, right? We talked about this last week. We don't have to. Slaves think I have to. But servants know that we get to. We get to choose to say yes to his daily, continual sanctification. And sanctification means uh, to be set apart, to be washed, to be made holy and consecrated. And so if you want to just think of that, that every opportunity, every relationship, um, every almost circumstance is this opportunity to say yes to sanctification, to being set apart, to live a life that is holy and pleasing and an aroma, a life poured out to Jesus, a life of worship in every day, every aspect of our life. And so there's this invitation to not stop there. We've received salvation. I was just thinking, uh, it came back to my uh, remembrance during worship that Yeshua, Yesha, 
that, that word salvation, it's complete, right? It's so-so. It's our mind, body, soul, our heart, every part of us. So it's a complete salvation. And we get to choose that every day. I always tell my children, and this is, you know, scriptural, that love requires a choice. So I get to choose. We can say a prayer. Mike talked about this on Sunday. We confess with our mouth, right, that Jesus is Lord and we receive salvation. But it doesn't end there. It actually starts there. It starts there. And how sad. And my heart is broken for that, that I was raised in the church and that we have a Western church, really, that we stopped there. And God has so much more for us. He has so much more. And why would we stop there? Because I'm saved. Right? No, no, no. We get to choose to be sanctified every day. And one of the that scriptures that I love um, were Jesus himself, John 17, 19, if you want to turn there. It's a short verse. It says, For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Jesus, the Son of God, the man Christ Jesus, the Savior of the world, God incarnate, set himself apart, sanctified himself to do the Father's will. Isn't that powerful? And we have the privilege to choose the same thing, to say, Lord, you are actually Lord of my life, and I will choose every day, sometimes every minute, right, to sanctify, to set myself apart, to consecrate my life, my words, my thoughts, what I do, how I live my life to you, to do your will. That is a great privilege that I feel like we've missed in a general sense because we don't want to be told what to do, but he's king, right? He's Lord. And it's a privilege to say, God, I will pour out my life and ask you to fill it so that you can be glorified, so that I can fulfill the calling, the destiny, the purpose on my life for your glory. And so it's just this great privilege and sacred. I feel like it's so sacred that we get to choose in this moment. And we are definitely in a Kairos moment. I know that we all feel that. But even in scripture last week, I just was like, writing, there's so many times in scripture where there, something big is happening. It is a turning point. Nothing is ever the same after that Kairos moment. And then you have a bunch of different stories, and they're all great, but it's not a turning point. And we are in that now. So I feel the urgency to exhort us, to encourage us, to choose, choose to say yes every day, every minute, whatever it takes, to say yes Invite him, ask him, tell him that you want his word to 
sanctify you, to sanctify us so that he can be glorified and we can walk in the fullness of salvation, right? He has so much more for us here on earth. We don't have to wait for that. He wants it now. Um, and, And there's a lot of places in scripture that it talks about that we've been sanctified. So that's definitely a done deal. But then we, again, we get to choose to continually be sanctified. And so we don't want to miss that. I let, I'm going to read one more. Hebrews 10, 14. What I kind of just said earlier. And it says, For by one sacrifice he was made, he has made, sorry, for by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So it's both. So I just want that to just speak that truth over us because whatever we believe in our heart to be truth, faith is believing and then also living, right? Faith without works is dead. So faith is believing and then also living the word of God empowered by the Holy Spirit. So in order to walk that out and not have spiritual apathy and just like, well, I'm a Christian, right? And walk, we want to walk in authority and power and kind of what Tracy was saying, set the captives free. We have to, we must walk in sanctification, a life poured out that is pleasing to him, that our life would be an incense to the Lord. For his fire to be able to fall on the altar that we make our lives. Amen? Amen. Wow. That's so good. Um, yeah, there's a sanctification process. I, uh, I was just sharing my heart in the back uh, as we were just kind of praying and earlier and just seeing what the Lord was saying in this uh, for tonight. And, um, yeah, it was interesting because we, we went through this, this, this analogy of, of okay, well, what does sanctification look like? And I just started sharing my heart about just, I just want to see everyone free. I think a lot of you that know me, like, man, I want to, like, I'm the first guy to go. And I'm uh, not out of order, obviously, but, man, I just want to lay hands on everyone and say, man, be set free because I, there's so many things I see prophetically and, it's a little tormenting at times. So, um, so just hear my heart. Like I just, I want to see people free and I always, I call it like the 80, 20 rule. Um, you know, when someone gets baptized in the spirit or they get encounter the living God and and they have a a radical experience with the Lord and the, and the, and the Holy spirit drops that, that 80% of the stuff that they have or had their stuff, their junk, whatever you want to call it goes. And then there's this other 20% that I say is more of a slow roll. <laughs> it takes a little longer, right? It's, um, we got to work that out. And this is that holiness and that sanctification process that we're, that we're, um, that we're talking about here and that, that Anna shared. And I just, I love how her heart for, for that. And, but for me, I'm, I'm a little more practical in some sense, but I'm like, okay, well, how do we get there? <laughs> How do we get there? And what's the first thing we need? And, and for me, it, it's been this thing. I've been about three, four, for the last two to three, maybe four weeks, I've been just 
um, refocusing, I've had seasons of this, but refocusing on presence. Because with presence, we get everything else. Like when we get the presence of God, we get, it's like the bonus package. <laughs> you get everything that God is, everything his word in, 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 uh, um, encapsulates. Uh, you get all of it in one in one thing, which is his presence. And so if you get that, so, what, you know, not that Jesus isn't coveted, don't hear what I'm not saying, but, but president, uh, presence is, is so paramount. I read this, um, this, this verse in 2 Corinthians 3.18, if you want to go there. Um, I'm just going to hit a couple of scripture. I'm not going to be long on, on scripture tonight, but um, 2 Corinthians 3.18 I'll just read from the NIV the first time. I'm going to kind of circle. I'm going to make a big circle. I'm going to come back here, and I'm going to read the, the, the Passion Translation maybe. But, um, but and we all who with unveiled faces complete the Lord's glory, contemplate, I'm sorry, the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. That sounds a lot like holiness and sanctification. But what caught my eye was this, with unveiled faces. And then, obviously, just with everything we're living through, you know, having an unveiled face or an unmasked face. I know every time I go to Safeway now, I imagine, (laughs) thank God for the discerning of spirits, because <laughs> I can't see the eyes of the soul. You know, to see someone's heart, you can see it in their eyes. But at least I can see their eyes. But when you can't see their face, it just expressions and certain things. You're, you you got to kind of imagine what that might look like uh, on the other end. And but it took me down this road, and I'm like, okay, well, we have access to the Lord to actually come face to face with the Lord in His presence, right? And 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 we get to do it with unveiled face, which immediately took me over to, to Moses. So if we go back into to Exodus, um, um, when he comes off, uh, off the mountain and he comes down and all the Israelites, unfortunately, return to their, their false gods and, and idols, and um, he comes down, but the, the, the presence of God is on him. It's, it's the light, it's the glory. And he was, he was so bright that they, they say, hey, you have to put a mask on. We, we can't even look at you. And I'm like, well, why is that? And, and I just kind of started thinking Old Testament versus New Testament here. And once again, I'm kind of making a circle, so hang with me. In the Old Testament, it was one to many, meaning this. One was the Moses. One was the Joshua. One was the Jacob, right? God went to the one, the chosen one, and they would, they would hear the Lord, and then they would speak to the many. Whereas now in the New Testament, the way, the, the way we get to access God, it, now it's, it's the uh, many, all of us, back to the one, meaning Jesus, right? Back to the, to the source. And um, so it got me thinking. I'm like, okay, if, if, if they can't see, if they can't look at the face of even Moses, let alone Jesus or anybody else in this case, or God, they, and, and they can't look at him without a veil or a mask being upon his face, um, I'm like, well, where's the, where's the break point or where's the transition point? And, um, and, and that's the good news. <laughs> this is where Jesus shows up, right? And what Jesus did on the cross, and, and it comes back to the veil again. It says in uh, Matthew 27, 51, uh, these are the three scripture I, I have. It was started in 2 Corinthians 3, 18. We went back to Exodus 34, 30, 33, 34, 35. 
the transition point, the good news comes in Matthew 27, 51, and, and in Mark and a couple other of the Gospels. But then it says, Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. So the veil, the veil w- was torn, so no more veil, right? We don't have to cover up anymore. We don't have to put that mask on our heart anymore. Just to kind of add my own uh, emphasis there, but but obviously it was torn from top to bottom. <laughs> I've heard that before. I know many of you have probably. Uh, there's a reason it was from top to bottom because as in heaven, it is on earth. It was ripped from top to bottom, the veil. Um, when Jesus said it, it is finished. Which brings us all the way back to the new covenant in 2 Corinthians 3.18 again. And I'm going to read from the, tra- uh, the Passion Translation this time. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we, are all, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the spirit that that sounds a lot like holiness and sanctification, a life sold out for Jesus that allows us to come into his presence and be sanctified and continue to be, as I love how Anna put it, it's just the beginning. (laughs) When you say yes to the Lord and you say yes to Jesus and that salvation moment comes literally just the beginning. I got a couple other scriptures here. I'm not going to read them, but I I will say this and I want to, Maybe I think I'll share a, maybe a quick testimony, but um, this for sure. I know Proverbs says, hey, at all costs, get wisdom. At all costs, get wisdom. Whatever it costs you, just get it. Get understanding. Get deeper revelation in, in Proverbs. And I would say this, at all costs, get in his presence. Whatever that looks like for you. And those watching online, if that means you on your face, if that means you sitting in a chair in the morning, quiet at 5, 6 a.m., um, hanging out with the Lord and just uh, just talking and hanging out or getting in the Word and reading the Word, whatever that looks like for you, get in His, his presence. And um, I, I went back to an old teaching I had. I had this. The Lord spoke this to me, and then, and then I'm going to move on with a quick testimony. He said, the price of my presence is is time. The purpose of my presence is change. And the product of my presence is power. Think about that. And so if you've taken notes, the price of my presence is time. The purpose of my presence is change. That's that sanctification process. And the product of my presence is power power. That's the fruit. That's that deutimus coming down in that moment of ministry, in that moment of a prophetic word, in that moment of whatever it is. And I can tell you in the, in the presence, um, some amazing things happen. And um, without the presence, we have nothing. I mean, I have tried to minister in the driest of climates and in the wilderness and in the, the, the valley of death, literally. And it is a struggle. It is a struggle. Um, I think I just want to share a quick story, um, a quick testimony. I, I was consulting. This is a handful of years ago um, for a Fortune 500 company. Um, many of you would know the name um, just for, for 
discretion purposes. I won't mention it. I can assure you that all of you use their products. They have multiple products. Um, I was invited in to consult um, from a culture, uh, culture standpoint of their upper management, their mid-management and their upper management and their C-level. So I walk into a C-level meeting. Uh, when I say C-level, I'm sorry, I'm using lingo here, but that's the chief, the chief operating officer, chief executive officer, et cetera. There's a, I mean, I walk into a, uh, a large conference room, and, um, and there's a little over a dozen people, maybe 14, 15 people in the room around, this, around the, uh, the, uh, the, the table, this big, huge, long conference table. And I'm sitting in one corner, and I'm backed off from the table. There's not a seat for me, <laughs> ironically enough, at the table. Um, but I'm just observing, and that's what I was called in to do. And the CEO um, starts off. And um, the way he started off was quite unique, for me anyway, um, and quite disturbing on many levels. But um, he went around the table one by one, and he told every single person in the room exactly what they had done wrong since the last board meeting. One by one. And, and, and I was in the middle of, and this is when the climate changed. This is what I'm talking about. This is where I want to go with the presence of the Lord. You want to talk about a desert? It was a desert in there, spiritually. <laughs> I literally, yeah. I wanted to take out my Holy Spirit snorkel and, like, you know, <laughs> I wanted it to go up and out of this. Can I get, a, can I get some air in here? Can I, uh, please, somebody, uh, please help. Um, and I had to be very, very intentional, and I literally um, – I don't think I've ever warred like this in the middle of a business. I've been in a lot of different um, high-level meetings, and, and I know Mike comes from, um, from, from the business world and the marketplace and also has been in a lot of these. But, I mean, when there's a lot of things going on in the natural, it's really tough, and you have to be super intentional about what you're doing in the spirit. So, I, uh, lucky, I, uh, luckily, I wasn't sharing, <laughs> and he didn't share with me. Thank, thank the Lord he didn't pour out pour out his wrath upon me uh, in this moment because I was just observing again. But I went, to, I went to battle, and I finally, I mean, I'm like battling. And he's, he's kind of coming to the end. There's about 15 people. He's two away from the end. And I'm like, Lord, you got to show up here. Like, I need your presence. I need you. I couldn't hear the Lord. I felt like I was on fire. I felt pins in my back. I felt needles in my knee. I was feeling crazy stuff. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So, and then all of a sudden, the Lord, and I just started, like, worshiping. I started singing, like, old hymns. <laughs> I, was, I was out of options, and I started singing, like, old, like, the, old, the oldest song that I could had the words to because um, I couldn't remember any other words to any newer songs. So I went back to the old ones. And I just, and, and, and sure enough, the presence dropped. And I, and I was like, it was like, it was just like, like the, a cool breeze or those Mr. Fans, like on a hot patio when you go to like eat outside or like on a patio at a restaurant, like it felt like one of those blowing in my face, but it was so wonderful. And it was just cooling. It was just like, yeah, under the, the tree of the almighty, under the shadow of the almighty, I felt like I was right there. And I felt like I'd just come in off of a marathon run and, uh, and I was pretty beat up. <laughs> and so, but it felt, and then the Lord started to speak and the Lord started to speak and he finished up here and they started doing their, uh, they started after he berated everyone, they started on their agenda. <laughs> um, and then the Lord spoke to me and he says, I want you to ask him, and this is the CEO of a fortune 500, probably fortune 
150 company actually. Um, I want you to ask him how his daughter's doing. <laughs> and um, I'm like, this is definitely not the place to do it because um, it, it just, yeah, that wouldn't go right <laughs> for me or anybody else in the room. So I waited and I waited and I waited. And I'm looking for my strategic moment to like for all this to go down because I'm not sure whether I'm going to get kicked out of them. Because think about it, here, here I am there to consult and and the Lord saying, no, you need to do this. And this was that obedience moment. We talked about this in the back. You know, obedience is a form of worship. It is worship. It is worship. And, uh, and Mike, I'd love for you to expand on what you're expanding on in the back after I'm done. I'm sorry. Let me speed this up just a, a tiny bit. But um, he said, ask him. And so I found the strategic moment. He was wrapping up the meeting. Some people were leaving, but not everybody. And then he called everyone back. And he goes, oh, we forgot about this. And at that moment, before he did that, I asked him. So the meeting wasn't even over now yet. I thought it was. Everyone was starting to think they were going to get up, but they stayed. And I said, hey, um, I go, how is your daughter? And I didn't know the CEO from Adam. I just spit it out just how the, the Lord asked me to say it. And he just starts weeping. He starts weeping and sobbing profusely. Everyone's like, what in the world just happened? Like, I mean, think about this. You, you have, and I don't know if you've worked for bosses or, I mean, uh, with this style. It is, these are the jobs you pray to leave. To leave. <laughs> Either, Lord, you move in my life in this job or I'm out of here because I can't deal with this every day. I'm not happy. I come home complaining to my wife or my spouse <laughs> about, my, about my boss every day. But he starts weeping. I, so now, I, crazy enough, I have the power in the room now. And I ask everyone to leave the room. And he goes on to tell me after he collects himself, I give him a Kleenex. He goes on to talk about the rare form of cancer that his daughter has. And he pours his heart out probably for the first time. I know for a fact he wasn't a believer. Um, he starts to pour his heart out. And as he does... And he continues to pour his heart out. I, um, I start to minister to him. And I start to, this, this heart of compassion came out for this man that I just literally looked at and go, man, I just, I mean, pray for your enemies, right? I mean, that's what the, the word of God says. I found myself having this deepest compassion for this man. And I led him to the Lord. Um, cut, cut through all the other stuff, the discipleship and everything else, nine months later. I walk into the exact same boardroom. <laughs> he found a good habit, and here's the habit. He started every single meeting with, with edifying or building up every single person at the table. <laughs> oh, it was good. He went on to tell every single person about the gifts, talents, and treasures that they had inside and how much grateful and thankful he was that they were part of this company. Absolutely amazing. Once again, without the presence, I'm out to dry. I, like, I am literally in the, in the desert. Uh, and I cried out for the, the presence of the Lord to fall in this room and on me. And it did. And in a moment, and in a moment, an entire culture of a Fortune 150 company gets turned around. That took some time. It took about six to 12 months, 
to, to turn that tide because culture isn't something you snap your fingers in it. And it took even beyond that to keep changing, but he started. And the culture of this company today, I can assure you, stands on the foot of Christ, on the cornerstone of Christ. Amen? But without presence, once again, none of it would have been, would have been possible. That's good. <laughs> uh, I'll just take a few minutes here, I think, just to... to Every time I tell a testimony. <laughs> sorry okay. about that. No, the testimonies are so good. I think here's the thing is the testimonies, they, they sink deep, and they just kind of tie everything together. And, uh, and I just want to say, I think sometimes we don't realize who we are in Christ, who actually lives on the inside of us. And, and in that place of worship, worship is a place of sacrifice. It's a place of obedience. Uh, it's becoming a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. This is what it says in, in Romans 12.1, and that we are that living sacrifice. We're holy and pleasing to him. It says, uh, I've got all these verses uh, in my head. Um, it says, that is your spiritual act of worship. And then it talks about not conforming to the pattern of this world. I think what Tracy said there, catch this, that, that no matter where you are, sometimes we think, well, like these people are really important or these people are kind of a different level than me. You got to know who you are in Christ. Sometimes we just, we forget who we are and we're actually here to bring heaven to earth. We're actually here to change the atmospheres wherever we are. It starts in our own life, and it starts in that place of worship. But worship doesn't end just with songs to God. It actually is, is when we step into that full obedience to the very things that he has created us for. When your life is obedient to Christ, then you live a life like Christ lived, and you become a follower of Christ. It happens in that worship, which is complete obedience to him, which is walking in him, which is actually the very prayer that he says. What does he say? He says, call it out on earth as it is in heaven. So you begin to declare the, you begin to declare on earth what is in heaven. You begin to align the kingdom on the earth. And, and it, but it starts in a place of presence and worship. We have to understand that, that you can't, you can't step into to a situation when you're not aligned with the Father's heart and you don't know his will. And, and worship is a place of knowing his will. When you worship, when you come into that place of worship, there's kind of the beginning part of worship where you, like, you actually get to know his will. There's, there's that spirit of wisdom, revelation. It reveals the knowledge of, of God. And then you begin to actually move into that. That's, that's the ultimate form of worship. Sometimes we get, we get so, we just think that, that singing songs on a, on a Sunday morning or in church is worship. That is not worship. That is praise unto the Lord. And it actually, that's that you enter into his courts with praise. You come into that place. But that's just the beginning. We don't just come into that place and say, well, that was great. We worshiped. No, we actually come into that place to get the very heart of God so that we know the very things we're supposed to do so we can actually walk in complete obedience to him. And that is the true form of worship. And sometimes it hurts <laughs> because it's a sacrifice 
to our own self, to our own stuff. And even with Tracy, like it's that moment of, am I going to actually be obedient or am I going to just kind of hold on to this and save face? And how often, and I'll raise my hand first, how often have we saved face because we're like, ah, there's no way I'm going to do that. <laughs> right? I, I raise my hand. Uh, I was talking to somebody about that the other day, and they're like, oh, I wish I would have done this. It's, it's, it's those moments where in the moment, like, you feel the Lord, like, pressing into something, like, oh, I got to do this. And we hold and we don't do it. I'll tell you what I'm realizing now. I told my wife this uh, last night. I'm like, I am making the most of every opportunity. It's like I've said it in my heart, and I pray for anyone I possibly can now. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't even allow the enemy to give thought to, to, to well, don't do that because you could, you could make a mistake or maybe they, they're going to get uh, offended by it. Like, don't even give them, give them a chance to say that. Just get in there and, and just start praying for people. Just start loving on people. And the Holy Spirit will reveal the things that, that actually need to be spoken. And this is, this is a form of worship. This is that worship unto the Lord. And it begins to change lives. This is that transformation that we begin to see. And uh, we just have to make the most of every opportunity right now. Um, I'll just, I, I got to, oh, we were together. Yeah, we were at the gym. I was thinking, uh, this, this young guy who is, is not a believer. And I'll, just a quick story, but like, I mean, I've seen him before, but here's the thing. And I don't, I don't necessarily run up to every single person I see and pray for him. But what I do is I just, I'm, I'm trying to listen to the Spirit and every opportunity I have. So if I hear somebody go, oh, man, I really hurt my shoulder, bang opportunity. <laughs> God's going to bring healing or man, you know, I'm really just struggling right now. Boom. Opportunity. Um, so, so this guy, we were just, he was just saying, man, let's just work is just, it's like monotonous. It's just not what I want right now. I'm like opportunity. <laughs> hey, can we just pray for you? Can I just pray that the Lord begins to shift things in your life that actually there's new opportunities that come in that the Lord created you for more than who you are. And he's like, I am not religious. Yeah, he was not comfortable. You could just see it. <laughs> not at all. But he said, okay, and just began to pray and just begin to speak these things. And here's the thing that happens is when you bring heaven to earth, when you bring the Holy Spirit, we're all, we're all created for the Holy Spirit. And so when you release something, it, it ignited something in his spirit. And by the end of the prayer, I mean, his eyes lit up. He was like... The first time I've ever seen him smile. Yeah, just... Maybe not the this first time, but man, he just came back huge up. Huge smile. See the Spirit of God rest on him, and he just goes... Yeah. So this... He did... And he's like, you guys are awesome. Like, it was just this like... But, but it's that... It changes people's lives. I, I had an opportunity. I was praying. We're working on getting better Wi-Fi or better uh, internet access now. And, um, we're, and, and so I was working with the, the Comcast representative for the, on the uh, enterprise side. We're bringing, trying to bring fiber in. And, and she goes, man, at the end, she's like, I, I just had to go get a COVID test. My, my lungs, like I'm feeling it. I don't think I have COVID, but I think it's the smoke. And, and it's like, boom, opportunity. Like, don't miss these opportunities. This is that, that worship unto the Lord. Sometimes we think it's just for us. 
Worship is not for us. Worship is for him. And it comes in the form of obedience. It says when, uh, how does it go, Anna? John 15. I said it backwards last night. <laughs> uh, it said, uh, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so obedience is, is in the commands. There's commands in the word. But it's, it's, it's being led by the Spirit and being obedient to the Spirit as well. And, and that's that form of love and worship to the Lord. He is so pleased when we come into that place of just worship to him. And he's like, oh, that's my kid. That's my son. And when you mess up, if you, you go in and, and you mess up, like, trust me, you won't mess up. You can't mess up. It's, he'll fix it. He'll make it good even if you mess up. Even if you stumble over your words and it makes no sense, you'll walk away and the person will be like, wow, thank you. I've had so many people in the last week say, you just made my day. And these are non-believers. These people don't know Jesus. And they're like, wow, that just made my day. <laughs> I'm like, how many days can we make for people? <laughs> So I just want to encourage you in that, that this, um, in it, in, and I love just the progression here because it starts with this sanctification that we make a choice to believe him, to go after him, to have faith in him, to trust in him because he is so good. We don't, we shouldn't even be fighting, like the, the sin part is like let that, like that stuff has to just go. And that we are focused in on him, that, that we are so concerned and so caught up in the goodness of the Lord, we don't have time to mess with sin. We don't have time for that stuff to even come into our life. And when it does, man, we turn from it, we repent, we get out of it, and we move right back to him. Don't stay in that place. Don't continue to stay in that place because that's when our hearts get hardened towards the Lord. And it's like you get duller and duller and duller. But when we actually behold his glory, back to 2 Corinthians 3, when we behold his glory, we actually were transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. We become more and more like him. It's, it's, it's just it's a much more beautiful place to be. So I don't want to take any more time. Um, do you have any you're good. Okay, let's 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 get into groups. And here's what I just feel: I want you guys to let's encourage each other. Because here's the thing: I feel like some of us there may be we may be in like difficult places, maybe in our work uh, or in just in things, even in your home or whatever it is. But there may be if you're with your spouse, don't don't bring it up that it's difficult at home. <laughs> but but here's the thing is when you align with him, it's not that you try to get out of a situation. It's that you press into the situation and you bring heaven to earth. You shift the situation, just like Tracy did in that situation. We have the opportunity to change situations that we're in and bring him into alignment with the kingdom, and it starts with that place of worship to him. Uh, but I would love to just, uh, as we gather together, let's, let's break up into some groups here. Um, yeah, can I add something? Actually? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> just in practical that sanctification. When I think of what is it that spurs me into that process of continual sanctification, it's the Word of God, it's the work of the Holy Spirit, and it's the fellowship of believers. And so, just when you said that, that just came to mind. Um, and it's so beautiful that the Lord's walking us through. We shared last week about 
you know, just doing life together, fathers and mothers and sons and daughters and discipling and the Lord's heart for family. And we need that. That is part of our sanctification process is fellowship and being authentic and real with each other so that the Holy Spirit can, through each other, you know, um, do that work of sanctification so we can encourage each other, strengthen each other. And then the Word of God also flows through our mouths, right? And spirit of prophecy comes through and all those gifts. So all those three things, if you're thinking, okay, I do want that, what, what is going to spur me into that process of sanctification every day? It's really those three things. It's the Word of God, the work of the Holy Spirit in us, and the fellowship with believers. That's good. So, and the, and the Lord's been saying, on, like on these Wednesday nights especially, like this is, the Lord is activating the body of Christ. So, so this is a time of literally allowing the Holy Spirit to just activate us into these things and, and reveal to us like who we are and actually what we're supposed to do. Um, just as you said that, it's that in Hebrews 10, it says, uh, so like it's, it's, it's let us not, um, let us consider how we can spur one another on towards two things, towards love and good deeds, like the action part. So first we have the love and then there's the, the good deeds that come in, these things that, and the good deeds, I see what I see it is, those are the good works it's the, and the good works are the very finished work of God. So he's, it is finished. He's done it. Now we actually get to finish it. We do the finishing work of God. And that's actually the resting place that we, we walk in. <laughs> we walk in his rest, if that makes sense. But we actually rest in him is not sitting idle. Rest in him is doing the very finished work that he has for us. So with that. Let's uh, let's get into groups, and I, I'm just, yeah, four or five. Uh, Lynn, can you maybe have a group over there, and then, Dad, will you, Jr. Will you have a, will you have a group? Um, we'll each have groups. Uh, Mimi, can you have a group over there as well? And and TGSI in the back, maybe you have a group. Um, Anne Marie, do you want to have a group as well? So yeah, so. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, uh, we got the Longfellows here. You guys, if you want to have a group, we might have too many groups. So you can you can merge groups if we get too small of groups. But um, so yeah, so let's gather into some groups here and uh, just spend the remaining time. Let's just uh, let's just pray real quick. Anna, you just want to close us in prayer here, and then we'll we'll get into the groups. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did on that cross. Thank you for redemption, restoration, sanctification, justification. Thank you that your work was complete on the cross. And God, we just declare together tonight as a body, as a family, that we say yes to the invitation. We know that your work is complete, but we say yes to our part, our yes to sanctification, to becoming more like you, to being transformed, just that metamorphosis, God, that we get to become a new creation in you, Christ Jesus. 
And we just declare that you are worthy. We want our lives to be emptied of everything of ourselves, to be filled with you. So, Holy Spirit, I just ask you tonight to reveal anything, God, that would stand in the way, any lie that we believed, and we thank you that by your word and by your spirit and through each other, God, that those lies will be uprooted, that truth will be poured into us, that your spirit of revelation and wisdom and love will be perfected in us by your spirit, by your power. And we just give you glory and praise for what you're doing. We ask you to increase in this place that your presence would be just wrapped around every single one of us tonight, God, as we are seeking you, your holiness, your purity, your face, that face-to-face. So just bless everyone here, God. We ask you to do your work tonight. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah.